When I was growing up in the 90s, one of the popular movies at the time was a movie called Liar Liar. Some of you may remember it with Jim Carrey. It was basically a story about a dad who had a compulsivity to lie all the time. And uh, for whatever reason, he just, he just kept lying. And, uh, and, it's, and as the movie unfolds, you see how it negatively impacts not only his own life, but also the life of his family members. And, you know, he would make a promise to his son that he would be there for his, his games, and, and then he wouldn't show up, and his son would be deeply disappointed. And, and you see, like, the impact, like, as more and more lies were told, less and less trust was there. And I think that uh, as an analogy, like, we could probably all relate in our own life, like, there have been times where people that we know and trust maybe have made a promise, but didn't fulfill that promise. Maybe they fell short. Maybe, it, maybe they weren't necessarily lying, but maybe just in weakness or because things changed, like they, the promise was broken. And whenever a promise is broken, trust is lost. And the more times promises are broken, more and more trust is lost. And we've seen this pattern in our own human experience. But God is different than our human experience. Because God keeps his promises. And we see that throughout the story of all of the Old Testament and all of salvation history, that God is a father who keeps his promises. So today we have that great reading of the Annunciation, of, of when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and, and proclaims that she is going to be the mother of God. And we, we've heard this story plenty of times, probably most of us, and in, in this story is, is, there's so much to say about it. But in particular, what's really important to point out is that in the Annunciation, when Gabriel announces this great news to Mary, he is delivering news of God fulfilling his promises. Which promise are we talking about? Well, in particular, a thousand years before that, whenever King David was on his throne in the Old Testament, God made a promise to King David. And that promise had a couple of different layers to it. First, he told King David that you will have a great name. And actually, we see this in the first reading today. It comes from the second book of Samuel. He tells King David that you will have a great name. I will make you famous like the great ones. He also says that I will raise up an heir for you. And this heir, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. He also says that, that of this heir, his throne will stand firm forever, and this heir, um, his kingdom, will endure forever. So there's a couple of different layers there. He, uh, King David, your name will be great. Your, your heir will be a son of God the Father. Um, your throne will stand firm forever, and your kingdom will endure forever. Great name, um, a, a great son, throne, and kingdom. All of that is, is what's promised to King David. But what unfortunately happens is that less than 100 years later, the kingdom, this, this mighty, wonderful, God-delivered uh, kingdom, divides. It splits into two. Less than 100 years later, it splits into two. And then uh, 200 years later, we have the Assyrian exile and 10, 
uh, one of those sides, the, the ten tribes of Israel, uh, fall to the Assyrians, the, the Assyrian exile. And then 200 years later after that, the other two kingdom, uh, tribes, so the other side of the kingdom, falls to the Babylonians. And so really, within a matter of 500 years after the promise, there's no kingdom. It's totally destroyed. It's lost. And you can just imagine being part of those generations, knowing the story of King David, knowing the story even before King David, how God spoke to Abraham and to Noah and to Moses and made all these promises and brought the people of God into the promised land and eventually established a kingdom and promised that this kingdom that he established for his people is going to last forever. And then what happens? It falls apart. It looks like God didn't deliver on his promise. It looks like he failed or he lied, one of the two. And then it takes 500 years before the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and reminds Mary of this promise that was given to King David. And in this gospel passage, it even says right there, Luke points out that Um, The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, who was betrothed to Joseph, who was of the house of David. Luke was being very clear there, like putting, putting this whole story within the context of this is an heir of David, a descendant of King David. And God is about to deliver on his promise that he made 1,000 years ago. And even though there, there was probably mixed um, ideas and opinions and emotions around whether or not that promise would ever come to be, here we have it 1,000 years later, it happens. And what does the angel Gabriel say? Well, he says that, um, Hail Mary, full of grace, that whole thing. And then he says that you will, be, um, uh, you will have a son and he will be great. Just as that echoes the theme of the promise of David, to be great. And he says, your son, Mary, will be called son of the most high God. Which echoes the theme of of how David's heir will be a son of the father. And, And the angel Gabriel continues that his throne will last forever. The throne, he will be given the throne of his father David. Which echoes the promise to King David that the heir, uh, his throne will stand firm. And then finally, the angel Gabriel says, and his kingdom shall have no end, which echoes the promise of King David that your kingdom will endure forever. It's, it's, it's on purpose. This is not by accident that the angel Gabriel reveals these words to Mary in order to fulfill and to complete the promise that God made. I say that because God can be trusted. And I think that sometimes in our own human experience, because too many people in our life have given us reasons not to trust them, we sometimes impose that in our relationship with God. True, our human experience says that people sometimes cannot be trusted. But God, if you look at the story of salvation, he can be trusted. He is a father who loves us and he always delivers. So that's my invitation for us today is to just to think like whenever times get tough in your life, do you really believe and trust in God? How much do you really trust him? Do you really believe and trust that he is there 
and that he actually cares about the details of your life? Do you rely upon his strength rather than your own strength? Or do you try to take matters into your own control? True, God wants us to participate and to cooperate with his plan so we can't just sit down lazily and just wait for him to do things without our, our merit. But at the same time, God can be trusted. And too many times we get discouraged and beat down because we face some type of adversity. But look at the story of salvation. There was 1,000 years in between the promise of King David and the, and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And there is plenty of adversity, the Babylonian exile, the Assyrian exile, and all of this discouragement and loss of hope. But there were some that still trusted. And one of those was a hidden, lowly, humble, beautiful, wonderful young woman named Mary. And she trusted. She trusted in God's promises. And she said, yes. May it be done to me according to your will. Even though I'm not sure how this is all going to play out, I still trust. And that's our invitation today. You know, as we continue to, um, as we enter into this Christmas weekend and continue to reflect on the mystery of Christmas for ourselves and our lives, we start today by choosing to trust that God is a good Father who keeps His promises. And what are those promises? Well, the first promise is eternal life. The promise that there is something more and something greater than our lived experience here and now. So if you're discouraged by the the weight of the world and the, the tragedies in society, there's good news. There's something more. And we can look forward to that because God has promised it. But even before we attain that eternal promise of eternal life with God, we can still live divine life now. And that's a promise. The life of Christ. The life of grace and mercy. The life of the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit that give you what you need at every moment. The promise that Jesus Christ really is the light of the world that shines in our darkness that helps us persevere through whatever it is we're facing. There are so many promises, even just the personal promises, that God has told you in your heart, in your prayer, regarding the specific details of your life. God has made promises, and He will deliver. And although sometimes it takes a little time, and there might be suffering in between, and we might have to be really patient and persevere through persecution, God doesn't give up on us. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't forget. He always keeps his promises. And so if you're feeling a little discouraged or beat up, or if you're just feeling tired or just a little distant or lost, I want to remind you that God is a good father. And we can trust in the story of salvation to see that God delivers He does keep his promises, and he will keep the ones that he's made to you. Amen.